Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsaniego.com. Hey, Light Church. Uh, my name is Benji, and if we've never met before, or maybe you are just tuning in for the first time, um, welcome. Uh, glad you guys are joining our community virtually. Um, as you know, this has just been just a wild week, um, not only with the virus, but the effects of the virus. I know that there's been people who've been affected um, in their finances, schools being closed, and there's this kind of this overall sense of life feeling a little chaotic. And so we want to, as a church, address that and um, hopefully understand God's heart in the midst of this. Um, I think there's a tendency to um, maybe lean into fear or uncertainty or be reactionary. And Jen and I, as we've just been praying and discussing, recognize that we believe this is a truly unique and special moment for the church specifically to recapture its essence Um, It's important for us to remember that the church began in small gatherings and homes. They weren't allowed to meet in large spaces. It began when there was cultural crisis. It began with persecution and disease and lack of health care. And the church flourished. And that's our prayer, is that during this time that we, as a new church, would be able to step deeper into our identity um, and to recognize that nothing that's happened can stop a move of God. Um, And so we want to step into that with faith and at the same time carry with us a level of empathy and recognize that there are a lot of people who are affected by this. Um, There's a lot of people who even just the fear and the anxiety surrounding this has been pretty detrimental to them. And if that's you, please know that you are loved and that we care for you and praying for you. And our hope is in the next few minutes that that these videos would be an encouragement to you as we look to God's word, that we would feel revitalized and refreshed, not only as a community, but as an individual. And maybe you're sitting at home right now. Hopefully you have a nice cup of coffee and a blanket, or maybe you're on a walk uh, listening to this in your headphones and enjoying creation. But I encourage you right now to stop and choose to recognize this as a holy moment. We're thankful that the presence of God is not confined to a building, right? That the church is so much more than a space. And this needs to be more than just content. We want this to be um, community. We want this to be a space for God to commune with us and for us to commune with one another. So I just encourage you to stop right now. I'm going to go ahead and pray. And let's just expect God to meet us here in this moment, wherever you are. And even as we're praying that God would be unifying our own hearts. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this moment. God, thank you that you are present with us in the midst of any storm. So I pray for anyone this week who has been struggling with fear, anxiety, health, um, a sense of lack of security, whatever's going on, I pray that you would lift our heads, God, fill us with hope. And Lord, I pray for us as a church that at the end of these few weeks, however long this is, God, that we would stand with roots deeper into your love. God, with our branches reaching farther out into our community, Lord Jesus, and that the fruit of this would be the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Well, 
Friday, we got noticed that our kids' schools are going to be closed for four weeks, and our kids are thrilled, and so are we, and a little scared. <laughs> we uh, picked up our kids from school. We drove to Trader Joe's just because we're like, hey, we maybe we should get some extra groceries, and we went there, and it was as you expected. It was just crowded. There was literally no food on like walls and um, in the whole freezer section. It was wild. And so we just got the most random stuff. And it was like Jen's dream. She loves getting stuff outside the list, outside the box. And we get in there. And then last night, um, the, if you lived in Sneeze, there was a power outage. And so I remember waking up uh, at 5 a.m. and it is completely dark our heater's not working, and the food we just bought, which is kind of weird already, uh, might not even be preserved. And I was just, man, what a strange time. What a, what a wild, I don't remember anything like this in my history. And as I talk to people, a generation beyond me, just realizing that that's never happened in their history. And so just kind of pondering that. And I woke up this morning with a, literally with a flashlight and began to read um, some really encouraging and hopeful scriptures written in a very similar time. So we're going to take a break from the book of John just for one week, and next week we're going to dive back into it. But we're going to be reading from uh, someone named the Apostle Paul. And his life and his ministry were flourishing and growing, and all of a sudden it's interrupted, and he's in prison. He's quarantined. He can't go anywhere. And it's within that place that he pens this new church that has just started with these words. And so if you have a Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. The first six verses say this. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. And our Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Uh, we could stop right there, and that would be enough. It's what a powerful passage. But there's just four themes I wanted just to just to take from that. The first one being is that Paul's writing this as a prisoner. So if you're taking notes, our first point is our greatest potential as the church is not about productivity but it's about pace and presence. Notice Paul's productivity level stopped. So he thought his pace changed and his presence changed. It went from him being able to visit church to church and he wrote a letter instead. And with that change of pace and presence, we now have preserved for us the words of the Holy Spirit that shape our church and our culture. And I would encourage you to think about the same thing. You are probably, your schedule is probably forced to change. If you have kids, now they're home. If, if things changed at work or travel plans, it, all of a sudden there is this whole sense of a slowing down. And I think that is the healthiest soil for God to move in our hearts. And so don't take that for granted. Let God speak to you. Let him come into this slowed down spirituality and don't just rush to fill it with other things or house projects or whatever. Use his time to build a prayer life, to spend time in meditating on scripture and let that begin to just enrich your own soul. Number two, our greatest identity as the church is not a building but a body. Now, 
we love our building, right? Jen and some other creatives have made it such a beautiful space, but it's important for us. And I think even critical and healthy for us to realize as a young church with many people who've just started following Jesus, we are not a building. It's not where identity comes from. We're a body. You notice that Paul uses this phrase again, one this, there's one this. He never mentions anything about a structure, an infrastructure, a building. He says, we are a body. Now, I think body is a beautiful analogy because um, if you've ever stubbed your toe before, uh, the amount of attention and pain one little piece of your body can get in that moment is pretty alarming because we're connected. And so for us to realize that there may be a temptation like, man, this feels really disconnected. When in fact, if we're a body, we're not disconnected at all. For those who are mourning, we're going to mourn with those. We know this has been a hard week for you guys, whether about the virus or not. Um, We know a family member has lost their mom this week and we've been um, grieving with them. This is a moment for us to identify with that. For those who are rejoicing, we're going to rejoice with them, but recognizing our identity as the church is first and foremost, scripturally, it's a body. Uh, Thirdly, our greatest unifying force is not a church service but a Holy Spirit. Now, again, we love our Sunday gatherings, but it's important for us to recognize what unifies us is not a service. It's the Spirit of God. You you hear those words that Paul said, there's one Spirit, one baptism. And I just think how powerful and profound that right now, wherever you're at, I mean, the hundreds of us kind of spread around this region, There's the same Holy Spirit inside every single one of us in every single one of our spaces right now. And if we lean into him, he has the ability to move us all in the same direction and speak to each one of our hearts uniquely and differently. And that for me is such an amazing thing to recognize um, as the church that not only do we get to commune with God, but that we are empowered by the spirit. Now, a service can inspire, but it can't empower, right? The spirit empowers us to go and be the church. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was um, was a theologian in the time of Nazi Germany, a time even far more chaotic than what we're in now, he writes this quote and he says, the church is not a religious community of worshipers of Christ, but is Christ himself who's taken form among and through his people. Just think about that. He says, listen, the, the church is not first and foremost people just gathering together to worship Christ. The church is Christ himself choosing to operate through his bride to the world around us. I mean, what a captivating call we get to walk in these next few weeks. And just the fourth thing we wanted to bring before you is our greatest hope as the church is not in this life, but in a loving father. We have this incredible hope we get to step into because when everything is crazy and you don't know who to trust or which social media accounts right or which news station to listen to, we know who our father is. And when we recognize who our father is, I love the last line of this passage. It says he's over all. And so my hope is that as a church, it doesn't mean that we don't struggle with worry or anxiety. And I'm not speaking about anxiety in necessarily a medical or clinical term, but just the worry we possess in our own hearts. We should be the ones who recognize that we have a father who's over all. And that even if this life were to end, it doesn't. 
that the life he promises, this life to the full, transcends even the here and now. And because of that, we can have this fortitude, we can have this, this anchoring of our souls, that we have a good father who loves us and is over all of this. And I hope that encourages you this morning. A.W. Tozer says that a scared world needs a fearless church. This is our moment. This is our moment to step into what God has called us to because of who he is. And so you might be asking, so how do we do this, right? How do we recapture our identity of the church? And I think that um, the very first description of the church ever is in Acts chapter two. And I just want to, we're going to end our, this, this message talking about the description of the new church, of the church. And I want you to see how every single thing it describes, we can still do right here and right now. So Acts chapter two, this is right after the Holy Spirit came for the first time, filled the disciples, the gospel was preached, thousands came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and the church was born. This is the description of that church says that they, the church, was continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, even toilet paper, just kidding. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. I mean, how timely is that? They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Um, Man, read that throughout these next few weeks. Read that. Let that say, this is why we want our church to be defined, whether we meet on Sundays, whether we're in our homes. And so I just want to run through this list with you and just say, here's how the church continues. Here's how the church continues to be the church straight from Acts chapter two. Number one, they were devoted to the teaching of the apostles. What are we doing right now? We're teaching you from the apostles, but it takes a sense of devotion. Um, Make a decision. Again, whether if you can't do Sundays, do it on Monday, but devote yourselves to the teachings, not of Benji or Jen or whoever, but of the scriptures. Uh, secondly, it says that they had fellowship. This Greek word here is koinonia, and it's beautiful. It is this bearing one another's burdens. Um, I've had people, multiple people reach out to me and say, how can I help? Um, can I go shopping for some of the elderly in our church who don't want to leave their house? And it's been amazing. That's you. I would just encourage you to start thinking like that. How can you choose love and care? That's fellowship. And that's how it describes the early church. Number three, it says breaking bread. Uh, if you've never taken communion in your house before, do it now. Um, get a piece of bread and some grape juice or wine and spend some time taking the Lord's Supper. Again, whether you're with friends, um, you can even do this on your own, but I encourage you find someone to do this with. If you have a family, um, this doesn't have to be something you do on church after the first or second song. Do this in your home. Um, next, it says that they prayed. Again, we talked about this is a whole change of pace for us. Utilize it. Learn to pray. I mean, after this video is done, or even I'm mean, just 
just stop. And because as much as we hope this content's good, I mean, you have access to the living God. Uh, next, it says that they were selling their things and giving to others. They had everything in common. And I would encourage you, if you've never given online, um, that was a great time to do it. And and this isn't just a pitch for the church, but understanding that this is, this is how the church is described, that if there's a need among them, it was covered. Just a quick story. Um, a single mom in our church came up to us last week and, and said that she had a pretty big financial burden. Um, her open table she was a part of stepped up. And with the generosity of the church, what you guys have given in her open table, those those needs that came up are paid for in a week. That's the church. And so I'd encourage you, just because we're not meeting, let's continue to be faithful in our giving, not because um, of any sense of duty or religiosity, but because this is our identity. This is our essence. This is how we live this out. Two more things. It says that they praised God. They worship. So um, we're going to be providing different opportunities for you guys to have worship in your house, whether it's a, a Spotify link, some YouTube videos, maybe a live worship session. Our hope is that worship would fill your heart. Praise God during this time. And lastly, um, just something I loved is that it says that with gladness and sincerity of heart. Can I just encourage you with something? Would you ask God to put gladness in your heart, a sincerity in your heart, that even in the midst of a world that is fragile and changing, our God is not. He's sure. And he's the author of joy. And he's our heavenly father. And with that, we can walk this out with gladness in our heart, sincerity in our heart. And I would... Just moving forward, just really practically, just before I kind of close this in prayer. And if you're just wondering, like, well, what do, what do I do? How, how can I be a part of? Um, number one, if you are in need of help, um, would you just email me directly? Just benji at lightsandiego.com. If you are too afraid to get out of your house and need groceries, um, uh, it sounds funny. If you need toilet paper, honestly, like whatever you're like, I don't know where else to go. Would you email me? Not because I'm a solution, but because there is dozens of people wanting to help. And if you're someone who wants to help, send me an email. If you want to be like, hey, I, I could help out someone who's in need or sick or afraid or quarantined or whatever, I, I would be a help to that. Great. Um, if you love if you love to help, just come in one day and help organize the church or do some landscaping. If you have another idea, our, our hope is that this would generate creativity and compassion within our church. Um, Jen and I are are not only optimistic, um, we're convinced that God is going to use this season to propel our church forward. And I just wanna invite you to come along in that and recognize that God has a plan to grow you, your family, your faith, wherever you're at, um, into a deeper sense of what he's always called us to be. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'm just gonna go ahead and pray and we'll close up. Father, thank you that you have called us, Lord Jesus, to a kingdom that can't be shaken. Lord, you've called us to a faith that, that lasts and, and makes the test of time. And so Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you settle every heart and would you raise up all faith? God, I pray that you would allow us as light churches, just a part of your body, 
to move forward as a non-anxious presence in our city full of love and compassion. Lord, we would see your healing um, transpire, Lord Jesus, for those who are in need. Love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsaniego.com.